beautiful crowd we have here this morning. But you know what? There's a greater presence here. I believe the Lord has come into his holy temple today. I believe the Lord is here. And while we were singing that song, you know how every now and again you just, you know, you, you get tired or you've had a tough weekend or, you know, it was a little warmer than usual so you did more than you normally do. You sometimes come to church and you get in here and they begin to sing, and we begin to just go through the motion. How many of you come in here today on purpose to, to be in the presence of God? I've come here. I'm hungry. I don't know about you. I'm hungry for the presence of God. I want to see the power of God at work in our midst. And you know what the Bible says? The Bible says that he inhabits the praises of his people. We're singing about greater things. Greater things are yet to come. Greater things are yet to come and when we understand and know that that God is here in this house today, then man, we ought to get excited about being in the presence of God. We ought to shout with the voice of triumph. We ought to shout the shout of victory because he's here. The healer is here. I said the healer is here. The deliverer is here. The one who provides is here. And you and I ought to give him all we've got. I want them to sing that again. And as they go off on it, I want you to sing louder than they are. Because we've come together in the presence of Almighty God. Amen? Amen. One more time. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. things that God has prepared for those who love him. 
we can just think and think and think beyond all imagination. And that doesn't even touch what God has prepared for us for the future today and the rest of our lives. God is already out in the future. He's already there. He's getting it all ready for us. He doesn't know time limit. It doesn't limit him. We're so thankful that you made a decision to come today to worship the Lord with us at Stratford Heights. Thank you for being here. We want to just ask you to do one thing before you leave today. Let me see the hands of all of those that are new. You've just been coming maybe less than a month. Would you just slip your hand up and let me see? Yeah, there's several. That's good. God bless you. Welcome. We welcome you all. Amen. Thank you for coming. We will be having a special get-together to your left and my right in the choir room. Uh, for all those that are new, and we want you to come over. It's a meet and greet time where we get together with you, and we all just introduce ourselves, and you learn some of the people that are here. So don't forget that. Following the service this morning uh, in the around to your left, we'll meet there for a meet and greet time. And tonight is service, and we'll be back to worship tonight. This time last year, on this day in February, we canceled church because... We had snowstorms. Oh, oh, I'm so thankful for the sunshine today. I got up and I thought, thank you, God, for a beautiful day. I don't remember in the 27 years I've been coming that we had to cancel on Sunday morning. That was the time. But thank God we're all back today and we got a beautiful day and we're here to worship. Now let's get out and shake hands and greet one another. Find someone you don't know. Tell them your name and introduce yourself. Now get out of your seat and move the body.
Me, 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 okay. <laughs> and we apologize for the two side stream, uh, screens today. Uh, internet is down in the uh, video suite, so they are not able to run the live service. So uh, the live streaming is not running, and, uh, and you won't have words up here. We, we try to help you with that, because we know that you sing better when you know the words. I've found that when you don't know the words, I hear the word watermelon a lot. <laughs> but we're going to try to fix that. Just a few moments, I want you to be seated if you will. Uh, so proud of Stephanie Miller and Carolyn Perfetti working in our toddler and nursery area of the church. I said I'm very thankful for Stephanie and Carolyn. <laughs> you didn't know I was fishing right there. But uh, they do such a wonderful job and all of our babies are so well taken care of and all the workers and volunteers back there is just so beautiful and uh, we love what they do. One of the things they do every year is they raise funds for um, the, uh, the Little Miss and Little Master uh, program where it's funds are raised for the nursery and toddler department. And they have done that this year and uh, we have a winner, I guess, right? Stephanie, what do you wanna say about that? Well, I would like to speak about the nursery a little bit first before we get into our fundraiser. I just want to say it's an honor to be able to lead and teach the little ones about who God is. <clears throat> I want to bring to your attention that church has an average of 40 hours per year to influence a child. You as a parent or a guardian has 3,000 hours a year to influence a child. So we're asking you to make the most of your 3,000 hours Use the tools that we give you in children's church as well um, to discuss what your child learned about each week in class. 
We value your children. Bring them to our classes. If you're having a hard time leaving your child in class, keep consistently trying. It takes about four consistent weeks of you bringing your child to class for them to be able to stay without a problem. If you skip a week, you're starting all over with the whole process. My own three children have gone through this process as well. We kept at it, and now they love to go to class. I would like to share a personal story with you. Ron, my husband, and I started attending our, this church eight years ago when our uh, oldest daughter was only one. We only had one child. Her name's Claire at that time. We kept her here in the sanctuary with us for about a month, and every week we were distracted because <laughs> we had to take care of her, change her diaper, keep her quiet, keep her entertained. After we attended about a month, we started to put her in nursery. We were able to finally receive a message from the Holy Spirit because we were not distracted that first time. Now, eight years later, Claire, she's now nine. She attended with me in service here on New Year's Day because um, we had closed our classes for the holidays. After service, I asked her, did you enjoy the service? She said, Mommy, I really enjoyed sitting with you, but I have no idea what they were talking about. <laughs> so I'm thankful that she has a class, and all of our children have classes that they can learn about who God is that's tailored to their needs. I want to assure you that your child is safe. We do background checks on all of our volunteers. We have two people in every class every week. If your child has a medical issue, we at least have one nurse on our volunteer, volunteer staff every week. We also have volunteers who are CPR, first aid, AED certified every week. If you're afraid of germs, I know it's the flu season, but I want to assure you our toys are cleaned every week. And the babies class, we clean it after they've used it with all of their toys and equipment. If you have any other concerns, please come talk to myself or Carolyn so that we can take care of the problem. I want to let you know nursery is open for zero to five-year-olds who are not in kindergarten at the nine o'clock service, 10 o'clock service, Sunday school hour, the 11 o'clock service, and evening services every week. So now on to our fundraiser. I want to say thank you to all the 14 babies who participated. These babies were born in 2016, and I want to thank all of you who donated to our fundraiser. Like Pastor Ray said, the funds go toward um, the, buying the supplies and snacks that the nursery uses every week. The total raised was $787.43. And I want to say congratulations to the winners. Um, these babies were the one who collected the most. We have one boy and one girl. Whenever I call them up, please bring them up and we'll crown them and take pictures and everything. The boy who collected the most was Brody Baker. And the girl who collected the most was Ellie Short.
so thankful for all that our nursery department, our toddler department, our, our elementary ed, and all of the volunteers. It takes several hundred people every week to uh, volunteer their time to be a part of what we do in ministering to the children. So I think they do a great job, and thank you for giving and being a part of helping them in their fundraiser.
you hold the elements to communion in your hands this morning, the blood is our victory. For God so loved the whole world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You hold elements in your hand today that are not just a church tradition, a sacrament of religion. You hold elements that Jesus Christ himself instituted on the night he was betrayed. A preacher didn't think it up. A church doctrinal institution didn't dream it up. Jesus looked at his disciples on the night that he knew he'd be betrayed. and He knew he was going to the cross to fulfill the mission that he came to the earth for. And he looked across the table. He saw the bread. He saw the wine, and he looked into the faces of his disciples, and he knew, he knew that Peter would deny him. He knew that the disciples would go running. He knew that they would struggle with their faith. They would struggle with tribulation and persecution, that they'd be hated. He knew that most of them would be martyred and killed for the sake of the cross. And he wanted them to have something that they would never, ever forget. You hold it in your hands. Jesus said, as oft as you drink this drink and you eat this bread, do this in remembrance of me. If you'll ever have victory in your Christian experience, if you'll ever be a victorious, overcoming child of God, it will be because you remember Jesus. So today, we take our scripture from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, where Paul is writing about communion. And he said, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same manner... He also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Can you not hardly wait until we're standing at the marriage supper of the Lamb and we have one more grand, glorious communion last supper together? Big marriage supper of the Lamb. A whole new, whole new living, beautiful way to do eternity. We won't have to remember the death anymore. Faith becomes sight. And Christ will be the object of our affections. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself. And then it says, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. We always take just a moment to examine our hearts before the Lord. This most sacred event, over 2,000 years old in the church. This moment right now to examine our hearts to make sure we remember and we know why we're taking communion. The Bible's clear to point out, don't be careless with this sacrament. And so as you hold the elements in your hand, I'll give you just a moment clear your mind, clear your heart, and prepare your heart to receive the Lord's Supper this morning. Would you take a moment to do that now?
So Jesus, when he had given thanks, he broke the bread and said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Hallelujah. Lord, we honor you for your body that was broken and bruised. The iniquities of our life cast on you. We thank you, Lord, for coming, Son of God, to become Son of Man. We honor you that you lived a sinless human life here on earth. You went to the cross for us and allowed yourself to be the sacrifice, to pay the penalty for sin. The wages of sin being death, you died for us. We honor you for the sacrifice. We honor you for the endurance. And we thank you today for the weight of the entire world's sins that you took upon your back, upon yourself. We honor you today. And in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And they drank. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Would you lift your hands now and honor the presence of the Lord? Lord, we thank you for the blood. We thank you that it washes. As you said, come, let us reason together. Though our sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. We honor you this morning for eternal life. We thank you for the sacrifice of your blood that washes us and cleanses us. The work of God in us that causes us to know you as sons and daughters and receive eternal life. We thank you this morning and we bless your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone together said amen. God bless you. You can be seated. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20, it talks about a scripture that I, I love. It says, now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power of God that's at work in us. When we take time in our service to acknowledge and to pray for the state of Israel and the United States of America, we're doing that as a scriptural admonition. The United States is an ally of Israel. How many are still praying that we continue to stay an ally of Israel? The Jewish nation and the people of Israel, God, God has chosen them way back. And it's a beautiful story, a love story all throughout scripture of God's people, the Jewish nation. We, the Gentiles, have been included and engrafted into the vine. We are part of the family of God together. And so we pray for our, our friends, our brothers and sisters. We pray several things. Someone asked me this week, they said, well, what do you actually pray for when you pray for Israel? I pray for their safety. I pray over their borders. Pray against the enemies that are poised against them on every side. I pray that God will anoint their leaders, their, their, their governments. I pray that the Lord will bless their people. And I also pray a prayer. I pray that God will continue to reveal to them the truth that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. I pray that God will reveal that to them. Yeshua has come. We, we pray for their safekeeping. We pray that God will bless them. We pray that God will keep them. I pray for the United States of America that we'll continue to remain an ally for them and that we will be the brothers that we need to be, the sisters that we need to be for the state of Israel. 
So we're going to pray, and as we do, I'm going to ask you, if you will, to stand with me for our prayer time today. I would ask you, first of all, do you have a need in your own life with your family, your, your personal life? You're saying, God, I have a special need, and I want it to be recognized in this prayer this morning. Amen. We want to pray for you. We also want to pray for families in our church that has lost loved ones. Sister Ruth Downs went on to be with the Lord this weekend, and we want to, we're going to be having her service on tomorrow, on Monday. It'll be at uh, 2 o'clock at Joe Baker Funeral Home. There'll be a service, uh, a, a meal for the family planned here afterwards. Brother and Sister Ruth and Ray Downs have been a part of this church. Brother Downs was telling me, Brother Oval, that he got saved in 1925 under Pastor Headley. Now, Pastor Headley was the second pastor in this 100-year-old church. He is 96 years old and has been married to Sister Ruth, Sister Betty, for 70 years. 70 years. They said when Sister Ruth took her last breath that he just laid over her and cried and talked about his, the love of his life. A wonderful man of God and we need to pray for brother Ray we're gonna pray for their family the Downs family and then we're also going to pray for Fred Markham's family Fred passed away yesterday and so I was with them last evening and we're praying that God will comfort and strengthen this family and be with them um, it was unexpected they were not they were not anticipating that this would happen like it did and so we want to lift them up they're broken in their hearts and we love them they're part of us and we want to pray for them that God will keep them and that he would comfort them and strengthen them. We also want to pray for a young man named Rodney. He was able to be at the hospital last evening for a young man that needs a desperate miracle with God. I want God to touch him. This is Sharon and John Holsfalls. This is their son-in-law. And I want God to touch and minister to him. He needs a miracle. And I'm just believing that God can touch him as a young man. And I, I want God to give him a miracle today. Would you help me with that? We're going to pray for him. So your needs, state of Israel, we've got a lot to pray for. So let's, let's go before the throne. Father, as we come to you, we first of all thank you and praise you that we are, we are able to bring every petition and care before you. Our faith and our confidence in an almighty God who is able to do anything. We bless your name and stand on the promises of your word. We give you the glory and the honor for every answered prayer. We seek your will and your purpose in all of it. And Lord, we ask you, as every hand was lifted up, that you would touch every heart, every life, minister to every need represented in this house. We ask for healing and deliverance, for provision, for guidance, for all the needs to be met. You said in your word, for my God shall supply all my needs according to your riches and glory. We know that you're a God who is able. So we thank you today as we give you every care and concern and lay them before your throne. Father, we pray for these families that need comfort, strength, that need the grace that comes with your word over their lives in this time of sorrow. Touch them and strengthen them, we pray, as their church family, as the body of Christ together, we pray over them. Pray the strength of God, the power of God to be with them. Bring great peace to their hearts, we pray. For Lord, we know these were folks who have, who have fought a good fight and kept the faith and finished their race. We know, Lord, that we don't sorrow like the world does because our confidence and our faith is in a God who will bring us all together again at that glad reunion day. We honor you today in asking that strength and comfort to be theirs in Jesus' name. We pray especially for Rodney today. We lift him up. Ask you, God, to give this young man a miracle. 
I pray that you would heal him from his head to his feet. Let him feel the presence and power of God in that hospital and do a mighty work in him physically, spiritually, emotionally. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for all these things. And Lord, we come together as the body of Christ here at Middletown and ask you to, to lay your hand of protection and to bless the state of Israel. We pray over her borders. We pray, God, over her people, her sons and her daughters. We pray in the name of Jesus that you would keep your hand on Israel. Lord, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We seek the good of your chosen nation. We ask you to keep them in all of their ways and bless them. May all of their allies come together. And Lord, I pray that you'll continue to reveal yourself to them as the God who cares and loves them and have brought to them a Savior through Jesus Christ. And we thank you for this today. Reveal your love to them and show them that he is Lord. And God, we pray for the United States of America, the chaos in our streets, all that's happening all around us, Lord, the violence in America right now, the anger. We just pray, God, for your peace, your presence, and your love, Lord, to guide and direct your people. We understand and we know we're in perilous times. We know we're looking for the soon return of your son to this earth. We ask you to touch us in the meantime. Keep your people on their knees seeking your face. For there, the land will be healed. We're praying over the United States in the name that is above every name, in the name of Jesus Christ. And we honor you because we know as long as there is a God-fearing faith holding up the torch and the banner of Christ in this country, there'll always be an answer to prayer. So we thank you for this today. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. And everyone agreed and said, Amen. Amen. Would you give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Amen. Praise God. Praise God. You may be seated. I'm sounding a little bit like a Kentucky preacher today. So, uh, gonna have the, who knows, man, the message just may be all the more powerful. But sound like R.W. Schambach. But we are glad to see you here today. I'm so glad to see the Laramores here today, all of Whitney and Cameron's family that are here would you guys stand? We always love to acknowledge you. I know you don't like it, but we love it. Would you stand? We love seeing you and having you with us today. God bless you. Guess what? Cameron and Whitney are going to the hospital tonight. Tonight. And we are so excited for them. If you would, Whitney, I know you're, you're ready to go, but if you would, would you and Cameron meet us in this altar this morning? I want you, we want to pray over you. you. This is our youth pastor and his precious wife. They both work with our young people, and they're going to have a baby. Little Kenley Faith will be here tomorrow. We're believing. I hope she'll come in the night. It'd be nice if they could just go to the hospital and pick her up, but I don't think that's going to happen. But we love you guys. You are a wonderful gift to our church and to our family here. We honor you. We thank you. We praise God for the calling that's on both of your lives. You both have such an infect. Uh, you have an influence. <laughs> you have such an influence on our church, our people, our young people. But more than that, you minister to our entire church. And we love you both. We're going to be praying for you. And we're going to be praying for little Kinley as she comes in. And we promise, mom, dad, we promise we'll love her. I know it won't compare to how y'all love her, but we're going to love her just like we love Presley and Blakely. So I want you, if you would, st stretch your hands towards this altar, and let's pray for these folks together. Father, as we come before you, I pray over Cameron and Whitney, 
And I lift them up to you. And I pray in the name of Jesus. Lord, as she goes in tonight, I pray that, Lord, all will be completely taken care of by your hand. You're the great physician. And, Lord, we understand and thank you for the doctors and nurses that will all work with her. That will bring little Kinley to all of us. It's a beautiful gift from heaven. We thank you for them together as a mom and a dad raising their beautiful family. We ask your blessings, your strength to be with them, the healing strength of God to be theirs, and for the power of God to be present as we honor you and thank you for this couple that that labors among us that we love with all of our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you both. Love you. Aren't they a good-looking couple? How many agree with that? That's awesome. I always say Camelot has come to Strat. When we look at them too, they're beautiful people. Our ushers are coming to serve you, and as they do, I want to thank you for your gifts today. Thank you for the way that you love the Lord. You know, the Bible says in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. You know, when you're presenting yourself as a living sacrifice, that means you're presenting all that you are to God. All that you are. I am submitting all that I am to God. And in that process, God promises that he'll take care of us. I love the way the Lord uses all of us together. Today, all the loose offering that you put in the plate does not stay at Stratford Heights. It goes to our missionaries on the field all around the world. Our mission's work is in South America. It is in Israel. We support a mission there. We have missions in Eastern and Western Europe, in Africa. And we're just ministering wherever we can. As you remember, we built a uh, hospital in Romania. And that hospital, I'm happy to report to you, is feeding over 1,000 gypsy young people every single week. And uh, God has used it in a mighty way, in a wonderful way. And what we're doing now, that the hospital's been built, it's five stories, by the way, and you built it, that, that hospital that God gifted us to be able to be a part of, they, we are literally taking care of the food for all those children, and we are taking care of the missionaries, the Schmitz that live on the top floor, and we help keep them on the field there ministering to the people of Romania. So that's just one instance. We have Brother Swift, Sister Swift, that work in Eastern Europe. Uh, we're constantly ministering to their needs and helping them. We feed children in an orphanage in Africa. We're taking care of a ministry mission in Israel. And we have a little church called the Hosanna Christian Center in Quito, Ecuador, that we are helping them today keep the lights on. We pay their mortgage every, every month, and we help them to stay a church on fire, reaching the people in the city of Quito. So we have a lot there to support and love. So when you give, you're not just giving an offering. You're literally meeting a need around the whole world. And so we want God to use us today. Amen? Amen. Amen. And thank you for your gifts in helping to keep the ministries here that God has called us to do in Middletown. By your tithe and by your giving here, you help us to continue to see people saved. Can I give you good news? We have had over 40 people accept Jesus Christ this last month in our ministry and church. Amen. Praise God. Amen. That, my friend, is worth it all. Two folks were saved in the first service already. I'm praying that God will touch in this service this hour. Father, we thank you. We honor you. We give ourselves wholly and completely to you. Use our gifts, Lord, 
as not just an offering, but Lord, to meet the needs that are on the field. I pray it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Before the choir comes to sing their last song before with a message this morning, we have a special treat for you. Brother Salvador Rodriguez, I want you to come. About once a year, we, we get the pleasure and we get the privilege to hear this gentleman sing. He is from, uh, he is from, you're from Nicaragua? You're from Mexico. Oops, I'm sorry. Maybe. Mimi's from Nicaragua. I got that wrong too. All right. You can be seated for a few moments today. 
this gentleman is, is a wonderful man of God, and we love him. And This is an opportunity in our service where we get to say that we appreciate, and I want to say that I appreciate Pastor Brian and Amelia Little for being our pastors. Amen. Amen. tell you, I love these people with all of my heart. God literally drew us together, and we are in perfect unity and ministry together, and I love them, and uh, he, he works with me on a regular basis for the whole church, but he, particularly he and Amelia, Pastor R. Esperanza group, and I'm so excited for them. It was birthed out of a young man named Abraham. When I first fell in love with the Hispanic people, I had a young man in my youth ministry, his name was Abraham, and he went on to be with the Lord, and from that funeral, 65 kids came to Christ, and the Esperanza ministry was birthed, and uh, amen, praise God. And since then, we have just fell in love with the world, because how many of you know we are a united nation for Christ, and we love the Lord, we love him together. And uh, Mimi is my, my, one of my moms, and uh, I, she takes care of me. She gets up and prays for me at 4 in the morning. And uh, God, God has blessed her to intercede and on my behalf, and I appreciate that. And Salvador is going to sing for us, and as he gets ready to do that, I want to thank you, my friend, for thank being you. someone that we love very much, and Dios le bendiga. Give me just a little more of um, Brother Douglas. Hit it right there. Praise the Lord. Maybe you could try again. Maybe put more stuff there. Maybe my work. Praise the Lord. The devil trying to do something, but we are more the conqueror. We're going to do it. Amen. It's a brand new CD. I just recorded it or something. I went to the studio to record. It's got to be new. got to be good. Hallelujah.
when sorrows lie sea, we lost Well, 
I think he did a great job. He did a great job. The CD. Thank you, Brother Salvador. He said, I'm sorry, but he doesn't need to say he's sorry. That's not his fault. We appreciate you and the song. Next time, we'll just let you and Gary sing. That sounded real good, too. The choir's coming to sing a song. Jeff Baker's going to sing. And then we're going to get into the word today. The message entitled, Defiant Faith. Now he 
Amen. Stand with me this morning for the reading of God's Word. We're going to get right to it today. I'm going to be reading from Habakkuk chapter 3, verses 17 through 19. 1 Peter 1, 7 and 8. And lastly, Hebrews 11, verses 1 and 2. So we read this for our text this morning. We're still in healthy things grow. Healthy things automatically grow. It's not about seeking growth. That's been wrong. What we do is we seek health. Spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally. When we seek health, spiritual health, we automatically grow. And that's where we want. We're, we've been in the series that we had several people filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit a few weeks ago. We've had people saved in every service. God has been touching. And because we're seeking health, we're finding the presence of God is powerful to do his work in the lives of the people. The scripture I'm reading from Habakkuk is at a time when the prophet was raised up because there was so much devastation. The nations were being attacked, plundered by enemies. It just seemed like everything was going haywire. It was chaos everywhere. But Habakkuk had what I call defiant faith. A defiant faith, and that's what you got to have, Jamie. You got to have defiant faith. Because how many of you know there are going to be things come along? The enemy is going to do everything in his power to discourage you, going to do everything in his power to try to defeat you. It's not you that he's so worried about, but he loves keeping score against God. He loves it when the world, like it is right now, just goes after all of everything he's laid out in front of him. He loves it when a pastor falls or when churches close. He loves it when Christians give up, throw in the town, walk away. He loves that because he's keeping score. But how many of you know he's already been defeated? He's already been defeated. You and I have the promises of God's Word. And the Word declares two things. I, I told you last week in my message called Never Defeated. Two things that the Lord has given us eternally are determined in the heavens. One is that he is a defeated devil. Number two, we are a victorious church. Hallelujah. We are a victorious church. When you get that square, when you get that right, there isn't a devil in hell you can't stomp over top of. There isn't an enemy anywhere in this world that you can't get the victory over. You and I are already overcomers through Christ. Habakkuk knew that. Listen to what he says. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Listen to verse 18. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like hinds feet. And he will make me to walk upon mine high places. How many of you know that's the story of someone with defiant faith? The kind of faith that can't be refused. The kind of faith that says, I will not be defeated. First Peter chapter 1 and verse 7 says that the genuineness the authenticity, the reality of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, 
honor and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you love. Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. Can you say amen? amen. What is faith? Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 and 2. The theology of faith. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, by what? By faith. By it, the elders obtain a good report, a good testimony. How many of you are looking for a testimony this morning? Father, we ask your blessings on your word. I pray that I will get out of the way that you will anoint the message this morning for your people. I pray in the name of Jesus. Challenge us and speak to us. Holy Spirit, in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. You can be seated. Faith. Defiant faith. The kind of faith that will move a mountain. The kind of faith that will cause miraculous events to take place. The kind of faith that we read about in the Word other people have, other people go through. The kind of miracles that we read about that we think, wow, I mean, that's amazing. Those things, how many of you know, are for the ordinary person who loves God? The Bible says all things work together for the good to them that love God and are called according to His purpose. But it's this defiant faith that we got to have that will make all the difference in the world. If you and I will embrace the truth of God's Word, understand the promises of God, and know what He is, what He has designed in His Word to give us, to empower us, if we'll understand that today, I'm telling you, the, the whole new world will open up to you and I. I go back to an example of this. is in Mark chapter 4, verse 35 to 40, where Jesus is in the boat. They had... The disciples had been on the seashore, and he said, let's go to the other side. And, and he put the, the guys all got in a boat together, and they're going across the sea. And as they get across the Sea of Galilee, there's a big old storm raises up, and the winds are everywhere. It's just a horrible storm has come up, so much so that the disciples feared for their lives. They're throwing stuff off the side, and they're absolutely just exasperated. You know, sometimes our circumstances literally overtake us, and we get to looking at what's going on instead of who's up in charge. We sometimes, even as humans, as Christians, sometimes get off track with that kind of thing. But if these guys were in that position. We don't fault them. They came downstairs where Jesus was resting in the bottom of the boat, head on a pillow, sound asleep, while the storm was raging outside. And you remember the disciples said, Lord, wake up. Don't you care that we are perishing? And how many times in my own prayer time have I looked up to God in my life and I've said, Lord, don't you know where I'm at? Don't you know what's going on? Can't you see? Lord, I need you right now. And every time I get the same answer that they got. Jesus woke up, looked at them, walked up on top of the boat, stood on the bow, looked up at that big old bad, ugly storm and said, peace be still. The Bible says it all just calmed right down. I think he went right back down, fluffed up his pillow, and laid down again. But not before he looked at them and said, why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? And he said, why do you have such little faith? Why do you have such little faith? I'm here to tell you this morning, if you and I will embrace what God has already given to us, 
Boy, I felt the Holy Ghost anoint what I just said there. If you and I will learn to embrace what God has already given to us, then we will see the miraculous take place, not only in our lives, but in this church. Have faith. How many times Jesus looked at folks, by your faith you've been made whole. Have more faith. Why do you not have faith? Faith. Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 4, the prophet knew it. He said, but the just shall live by his faith. Shall live by his faith. It's to be a a daily lifestyle. Every day you get up and you grab hold of of faith. Faith is important in our lives with God. As a matter of fact, the word tells us that by faith we please the Lord. It's in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, the hallmark of faith. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You can't go wrong when you have defiant faith. Now, I don't mean defiant to God. Defiant to your circumstances. There are sometimes you got to quit looking at what's happening around you and you got to start looking past that to the God that can absolutely change everything. You got to understand your circumstances do not determine the outcome, not when you belong to God. When you give your heart and your life to God, you become part of an army of the Lord where He begins to work on your behalf. And the Bible tells me that He goes before me and He comes behind me and He's around me with His angels of the Lord. And He says, you're blessed when you go in, you're blessed when you go out. You and I belong to the Father God. And when we belong to Him, we have no fear, only faith. Defiant faith. The kind of faith that, as I said, that'll move mountains. Faith that, that has its own logic from heaven. I mean, it, it calls those things that be not as though they were. The kind of faith that will literally take an impossible situation and turn it around for good. The kind of situation that God wants us to believe Him for. No matter how dark the time is in your life, no matter how difficult the days are, when you trust in God, when you look to Him, you don't trust in the logic of your circumstances. A plus B don't equal C. When you belong to God, you literally are following after a different plan and a different maestro who's playing a symphony that you and I are going to love when we get to the end of it. How many of you know God doesn't have a plan B? I've been saying that for years. God don't have no plan B. When things don't work out, like you thought it ought to, or like it was even like the, the original plan, you got off track or in disobedience, whatever. God, when God, whenever you get yourself right and you start embracing the faith of God and the power of God in your life, He just redirects your steps right into plan A all over again. Somebody says, Oh, I've missed God. You don't miss God. It's impossible to miss God. He is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He is the awesome, mighty God, and the power of our Father God is able to get you back on track. Here's what needs to happen, though. When you get knocked down, you get back up. When you and I get knocked down, we're not knocked out. Not when we belong to God. When we understand the power that's here. You know, Sarah, Sarah, the the angel says, what are you laughing for, Sarah? She's 90-some years old, sitting there, and and after all these years, and she's tried to work it out every other way. Thank you for that, Sarah. The angel says, you're going to have a son. And she was respectful on the outside, but on the inside, she was laughing. 
And the Bible says, in her heart, she laughed. Wow, how many of you know God knows how you feel, really? God knows your faith. God knows your faith. You can fool the preacher, you can fool the church, but you can't fool God. God knows the intent of your heart. And God don't look on the outward appearance. I don't know why we spend so much time worried about the outward appearance. How many of you know God don't even look at that? God's not interested in that. The Bible says the Lord don't look on the outward appearance. He looks on the heart. He'd rather have a backslidden sinner in the altar every single Sunday, Sunday than a hypocrite sitting on the pew. He looks at the heart. And we understand the truth and the power of God and how he works. He knows everything about us. He, he's got us figured out, and he's working out a plan for us. Sarah, that all, she finally submitted herself, her, her elderly body, to the Lord, and the Lord brought forth a son who became the father of nations. God can do anything. It was Moses who offered up his staff, threw it on the ground, and it became, in front of Pharaoh, it became a serpent. God will take everything, anything you got, whatever you got in your hand, God will take it. God will use anything you can. You don't have to ha have a certain, it don't have to be a certain way. That God looks at whatever you got, and God will take care of it. God will use whatever. He's not nearly as, as, as uh, finicky as we are. We think everything has to be a certain way. God looks down and says, stop that. I'll use a donkey if I have to, God says. I'll use whatever I got to use to fulfill my will and my work in the earth. He looks at a lot of people and he says, y'all trying to be me, but you ain't me. I know how to work this out and I'll use whatever. If I got to use a whale in the middle of the ocean, I'll use a whale. If I got to use a, a, a juniper tree with a, or a raven coming down to drop food, I'll do it. God can use anything and do anything to, to fulfill his work and will. Gideon only had 300 people all around the Bidianites, 120,000 strong. And all they had was a pitcher, they had a trumpet, and they had a little light. And in that process right there, God used that to wreak confusion and chaos over the enemy. And he will always win over the enemy. Always win over the enemy. And when you and I understand that... Those 300 men stood up there in amazement with their jaws dropped open as 120 of those thousand of those Midianites turned on each other and killed one another and destroyed. The enemy will go down if you will have faith. The enemy will go down if you'll have faith. It was Samson who picked up a jawbone of a donkey and killed a thousand Philistines. David picked up a slingshot and came out home with a bear and a lion and a dead giant telling you, when you and I have faith this morning, if we'll embrace the promises of God's word. Now, I'm not asking you, I, I'm not telling you to be part of the name it, claim it crowd. I don't believe in all that. I, I'm not going to go out and stand out there and say, Jesus, I, I pray to have a Cadillac in the driveway because I really love Cadillacs. I went by one yesterday and just looked at it. I wanted to touch it so bad. But it was so pretty. They, they, had, they had shined it up real nice, and I just, I just, I just wanted to touch it. I love all those things. The Lord's going to give me one in heaven. I'll have, I'll have a big old GM Cadillac in heaven. But I'm not the, I don't believe you can go out there and just whatever you want. You just go out there and say whatever you want. Just, I'm just going to name it. I'm just going to claim it. I'm going to blab it and grab it. I'm just going to take whatever's mine. It's mine. It's mine. I'm not going to do that. That's disrespectful and irreverent to God. 
But I will tell you what I will go after. I will go after when it says, by his stripes we were healed. Then I'll take a hold of that. And I'll, I'll grab hold of that. And I'll, I'll shake, rattle, and roll heaven for that. Because that is a promise. And he says his promises are sure and amen. When you and I have the, the, when we understand the promises of God, we get in there and we start, we begin to understand this is for us. He laid those in there from beginning to end. I love the way he's got it all figured out. I love the way he, he tells us way ahead of time in his word what's going to take place. I love uh, Revelation where it talks about the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000. I quote it all the time. I think it's one of the greatest best scriptures in the world because it's got me in there it says and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands and that's in my that's where I'm at in the thousands number standing around the white throne with the elders saying worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive honor and power and riches and wisdom and glory that's me standing there I love the way he gives us Little, little pictures, and, and he gives us little snapshots of what's going to happen. I really like the part where that old devil has to be wrapped up in a chain, and the enemy, bring, uh, the angel of God brings that old enemy down to the front, and right there in front of everybody, that old devil that has tempted you, that has attacked you, that has been against you, has tried to slander you, and destroy your faith, and discourage you, and to get you to give up and walk out, that same devil right then and there is literally cast into the lake of fire never to bother anyone ever again that's the future that's a promise it's worth fighting for it's worth fighting for don't you give up don't you give in don't you get all offended oh my goodness don't even get me started well, you know, they hurt me. They hurt me. Them old Christians. Come on. Grow up. Sometimes I, I say stuff, and I think, I think Brother Clay, and I might need sometimes to move to, North, uh, to Oklahoma because I say some stuff and I get myself in trouble. Y'all have a spare room I might could use if I have to come out? Jesus said, be sure offenses will come. If all the devil's got to do is offend you, then there'll be a devil sitting by you next Sunday. Somebody says, oh, the devil don't go to church. You better believe he does. I've met him a few times. <laughs> oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> sure, they go to church. Because the devil knows this. all he's got to do is hurt your feelings. All he's got to do is offend you. All he's got to do is have somebody say something to, to make you upset, get you emotional. And that's all it takes for you. My goodness, get a hold of the faith of God. Get a hold of the power of God and let him grow you up and mature you and establish you and root you in his word. The Bible says you'll be persecuted. The Bible says you'll be hated. The Bible says and tells us over and over again, Jesus was constantly preaching to the church because there'll be a lot of folks in church get it wrong. I, do I have to remind you that the church put Jesus on the cross? So what you want to be is you want to be the right, you want to be the ones that's authentic and real. You don't want to be one of those. Every church has them. Every church has them. 
You can run all day long. You can go visit all of them. And there'll be one in there. Everybody's got one. But don't let your experience with God be based on your circumstances. Let it be based on who he is and the promises that he's given you in his word. Trust the Lord. The Bible in modern day life is full of examples of what God is. But let me tell you what he's not. God is not a leap, a blind leap. Yes, you've got to sometimes step out in faith. It's not what I'm saying. It's not, a it's not a blind leap. Some people tell you that living by faith, that you're a fool to do that. A lot of folks in the world will make fun of you if you do that. But faith, faith is something that it, it's an experience. It's a, it's a response. Faith is a, a reaction to a promise that's already been given. And when you have that promise, you know, it's like the little girl, the a true story of a, of a young girl who was eight years old and, and she was another ship story and her father was the captain of the ship and she was sleeping and, and they ran into some major weather and the boat was about to, be, to sink, to turn over and all the people were going crazy and everybody with sirens were going off and the little girl woke up and she screamed out and said, what's going on? And one of the attendants said, we're in a terrible storm, get up, we've got to get our life jackets on, we've got to find safety. And she said, is my daddy upstairs? What, what? Is my daddy, is he up on deck? Yes. Okay, then. Everything's going to be fine. Said she laid her head back down on her pillow and went to sleep. We ought to be like that as Christians. That no matter what is twisting up or tearing up around us, no matter what kind of uh, chaos is crumbling around us, we need to be the kind of people that have the faith that, that doesn't, it, it doesn't, it defies logic, it defies circumstances, it, it defies the outcomes that we're used to. We need to have the kind of defiant faith that says, He is in control. God is always on the throne. He don't take a break, He don't go out on vacation, and He never sleeps or slumbers. When you and I understand this, we know. See, you're not really, really taking a blind leap. You're taking a leap of faith in a promise. A faith is your response to the promises of God. God says, I will lead you. And your faith says, I will follow. God says, I will feed you. Your response says, I'm getting ready to eat. Faith, you know, God says, I will meet your needs. Faith rises up and says, it's already done. Faith is the response to the promises of God. It's never a leap into the dark. It's always based on a firm foundation of God's word. And when you and I understand what this word is, Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 20 says that we are, it says, incline thyself unto my word, meditate on it day and night. As you have this word inside you, the Bible says it'll be health. It'll be life to your bones. It'll be health to you. When you understand the power that's in this word, I hope you're reading the word with us as a church this year. We haven't said nothing this, this Sunday about it. I hope you're somewhere following a plan to read the Bible through. I'm telling you, it, it'll set you free if you'll get into a program of understanding and reading God's word. Oh, I read it once several years ago. Then you haven't had a fresh life injection of the daily bread. You need to get into that word all over again and find its truths and find its value and its foundations real. There's a promise in there that you've forgotten about. You want to know every promise that God has given to you. You can't have faith without a promise. You can't have faith without a promise. 
and the God of promise who has given so many of them. All throughout this word, you have promises of God. Faith is merely your reaction to them. Faith is not a blank check. It's not about what you want. It's about his will. Somebody says, how do you secure an answer to every prayer? Thy will be done. You want a yes to every prayer you pray? Pray, my Lord, your will be done. Young people ought to learn real fast in your life. You're going to get anywhere in this life and you're going to live and go to heaven. You're not going to die and lost and go to hell. If you're going to learn and know how to live a victorious life, then you're going to learn what it is to find and seek God's will for your life. God's will. When Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he stood there and and under that that night he prayed through. A, A lot of folks will say that Calvary was won in the Garden before he ever got to the cross. Because he looked up and he said, Lord, Father, if you will, let this cup pass from me. He was telling him what he wanted. He was telling him what he wanted. Let this cup pass. He saw the sin of the whole world. He saw the burden of it, the weight of it, the darkness of it. He saw the separation from his father. And he said, let this cup pass from me. It's too much. As a man, he was crying out, let this cup pass. But he was also smart enough, he was wise enough, he was God enough to turn and say, nevertheless, thy will be done. Your will be done, Lord. That's the answer, that's the ticket, that's the golden ticket, if you will. I remember when I went down to the chapel at Miami Valley Hospital, sisters, and our mother was laying up in ICU. I remember when I went down there and I I got down on my knees at the little altar at Miami Valley and I looked up to God and I said, how long? How long do you want me to stay here? I'll stay here all night long. I'll stay here for days. I won't get up from this spot until you tell me how long I got to lay here before you and pray for the healing for my mother. How long do I have to wait for the healing? How long do you want me to seek your face? I'll stay here. I won't eat for days. I won't sleep for a minute. I'll do whatever you tell me to do. And the Lord gave me a picture of Gethsemane. He put a picture down inside my heart right there in the chapel at 2 o'clock in the morning. And I didn't understand. I said, what, what is this? And the Lord said, pray his prayer. Pray my son's prayer. I was like, I, I, that was about the cross. That, that was about salvation. The Lord said, pray like my son. I said, let this cup pass. And I got stuck right there. I said, yeah, I want my mother healed. I want her to get up from that bed and come home. I want to taste her corn muffin again. I want to taste her, her good, good food, her chili. I loved her chili. I, I want her to go home. That's what I want. Let this cup pass. And the Lord spoke into my spirit and he said, go on. I said, I want her to come home. I want her to be healed. Go on. Pray the rest of the prayer. Ray, pray the rest of the prayer. Let this cup pass. I'll stay here for hours. I'll stay here for days. Pray the rest of the prayer. And I'll never forget the wrestling match that I had. I must have laid there for an hour, Alyssa. 
And I finally looked up and I was broken. And I said, nevertheless, your will be done. And the Holy Ghost came roaring down through my spirit and he flooded me. And I stood up with my hands held high and I said, I love you, Jesus. I trust you. I went back and told my sisters. I said, I trust him. I'm just, we're just going to trust him. He knows better. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows what tomorrow holds. He knows what's down the road. We're going to trust God. And I began to trust him. And I'll never forget that night, that night, we walked out of that hospital and we left our mother there at that hospital and she was gone to heaven. I'll never forget walking down that long hallway and that bridge that went to the Apple Garage over there at Miami Valley. And I was walking across and Missy and I were standing together and we were walking down that little bridge and I looked out the window in the sky. Do you remember the sky? It was beautiful. Oranges and yellows and reds and blues. and It was so beautiful. And I thought about her being up there and I looked at my sister Missy and I said, no regrets. No regrets. We prayed all we could pray. We, we took care of her all we could do. We trusted God completely. And he took her and she was dancing around the throne of glory. And we were left to know he's a good God. And he's going to take care of his people. Our faith is in a God who will never fail. Who will never fail. We have a defeated devil in a victorious church. It's not a blank check. It's about his will, finding his will. He says in Jeremiah, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, to give you a future, to give you hope. We know these are the things. He's got a plan. He's working out a destiny. He knows the end from the beginning. He's got it all planned out. God is already in your tomorrow. He's already there. So you can trust him today. You can lean hard. You can have a defiant faith that says, come what may. Hit me with your best shot. I will serve God like Job. Though you slay me, yet will I serve my Father God. If I die tomorrow, I'll die going down having faith and confidence in God. But understand and know this. It may not be a blank check, but there's a lot of folks walking around with an empty account. Because you don't know the promises that God has already given you. He comes against fear. He comes against disease. He comes against sin. He has given you a way of escape for everything you'll ever face in this life. And if you and I will ever grab hold of the promises of God, we will see victory and we'll see a revival like this world is waiting and dying for. That's what they're dying for on the streets. That's what they're screaming about and they're crying about. They're thinking an answer comes through a Democrat or a Republican. But let me assure you one more time, it'll only come when Jesus Christ is put back on the throne of the hearts of his people. That's when you and I have peace. I love what Daniel chapter 3 and verse 17 says. When the three Hebrew children were thrown in the, getting ready to be thrown in the fiery furnace. It says, if it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us. Can you say amen? amen. He is able to deliver. From the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. No matter what God does, 
in the situation, what's awesome is that you will be delivered out of your enemy's hand. You will. Well, somebody needs to hear that. Somebody this morning needs to hear you will be delivered out of the enemy's hand. He has thought that he has got you. You have thought that he has crumbled your future, your destiny. You think that he is in control and that he's taken over. But let me assure you something. He has not yet met his match because the Lord is coming through with a victory for you. He's sweeping down over your situation and God is going to bring the victory. You will have victory over your enemy. And he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But talking about the fiery furnace, he says, But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. I like that line right there where it says, But if not, but if it don't go my way, but if it doesn't work out like I want it to work out, if it doesn't match my plan, but if not, I am going to trust you, and I will never bow to the enemy. I will never be found giving up, throwing in the towel. I may be knocked down, but I will always get back up. I may be persecuted. I may be in fear for a moment, but my faith is going to rise up, and I'm going to remember that he's my elder brother, and I have been set free, and I am delivered in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Oh. Oh, Rabbi Glory to God. I am delivered. You are delivered. In the name of Jesus, you're delivered. The enemy wants to destroy you. The enemy wants to defame you. He wants to curse you out. He wants to take you out of the faith. He wants to get you out of trusting God. He wants you to throw it all in and give up. But you've got to embrace and stand on the promises of God, Jonah, that says, I will not be defeated. I will stand in the faith that God has given to me. For I, ha I know that those things that be not, they will be in the power of Almighty God. But ye shall receive power after that. The Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be a witness. You shall be a witness to the power of God. Our faith in God, that's what it's all about. Elijah under the juniper tree at Carmel. Paul pressed out of measure above strength and despairing for life. Jesus himself learning obedience through bitterness of tears. These are examples of faith. But in the midst of it all, he promises joy unspeakable and full of glory. Stand with me this morning. Faith doesn't always sing and dance. There are times that with faith, I'm holding on with my fingernails. My teeth are clenched. But I'm not letting go. We're not letting go. Did you hear me? Not letting go. It isn't always a big dance. It always isn't a big praise service. Thank God for those. Sometimes you're hanging on for dear life. But if you won't let go, if you won't let go, I'm telling you, your faith your faith, your defiant faith is going to be your reward.
pleases God. And those who diligently seek him, the Bible says he will reward. Oh, isn't that awesome? How about you say amen right there? With every head bowed and every eye closed just for a moment this morning, I want our ministers to come, if you would, to the altar. If you have special need for prayer, if you want to agree with someone in faith for the situations of your life, for where you are and what's going on, you need that defiant faith. Great saints of the past and present have all gone through seasons. They have felt the highs and the lows. But the true saints of God don't give up. Don't you dare give up. I challenge you and the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart today. Don't you dare give up. Don't you walk out. Don't you give in. Don't you throw the towel in. You hold to the promises of God. You have need of trust. You have need of embracing the faith that God has placed in you. He wants to see that faith in you rise up. He said to the soldier, to the commander, he said, I have not seen such faith in all of Israel. He's looking for people who have faith. He wants to show himself powerful on your behalf. Get your eyes off the circumstances. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Let him turn it around for you. He's waiting. Oh, every chain has to break. Every device the enemy's using against your children, against your house, it has to break. Everything the enemy's done to torment you, try to get you to live in fear. Oh, there is a faith for your victory today. God wants you to experience it right now where you are. You have need. You say, I, I have need. I, I want to be set free. Some things the enemy is tormenting me with, tormenting my family. I need a miracle, God. Pastor, I need it right here, right now. Would you lift up your hand right where you are, all over the house? Hands going up everywhere. Praise God. Praise God. I'm going to ask you to take one more step. Would you just step out? Those who are asking God, Lord, I need a miracle. I need. I want that faith to rise. I want defiant faith. I want the kind of faith that believes you for the miraculous. I want you to get out as quickly as you can. Meet us in this altar this morning. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. Those who lifted your hand, just come down for quick prayer. We're going to come down and we're going to agree together. If you lifted your hand and you didn't come down, that's all right. Right now, just would you just lift up all over the sanctuary? Would you just lift up your hands to God? Lift every hand up to God right now. Oh, Lord. We come to you. Lord, we're, we're ready to receive from your throne. We're ready to receive that measure of faith. Lord, help us to have defiant faith, to believe you this morning for the victory, to believe you this morning, God. The enemy cannot have an advantage. He won't win an advantage over us. He's defeated already. So we thank you for it, God. We honor you this morning. We bless your name, God. We give you our problem. We give you our circumstances. Lord, we won't look to those anymore. We won't look to the offenses. We, we won't look to those things that weigh us down and burden our spirit. God, we're set free this morning by our faith. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
begin to pray for one another. Would you just gently lay your hand on somebody standing right there beside you? Would you do that? Help us just pray for one another. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. By your mighty spirit, God. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. We have defiant faith, God, this morning. Oh, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of it's yours, God, we believe you. It defies logic, but we believe you. We thank you for it, God, this morning. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Touch my brother, God. Lay your hand on it. Minister healing and strength in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. God fears faith in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Done in Jesus' name, done in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, O in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Touch by your spirit, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Lay your hand on Kelly this morning. In the name of Jesus. Touch her and meet her needs, God, today. It fears confident faith in God. We thank you, Lord. We honor you, Jesus, and we thank you. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Lay your hand on this young man. Lead and guide and direct his every step, God. In Jesus' name, thank you for the power and presence of the Holy Spirit that is with him. Touch him by your strength today in your name. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. I praise you, Lord. Stand with this family today, God. Let your work be accomplished and done. We trust you. We lean upon you. We embrace and hold to your promises. God, thank you today for the moving of your spirit and your presence. Lay a hand on them. Minister strength to the need. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Touch God by your spirit. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yes, I know him. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Ghost, that your work be done. Thank you, Jesus. We embrace your work, God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, touch my brother. Lay a hand on him and seal your work in his life. I pray over Dustin's mind and his spirit. I come against him, rebuke.
it was the enemy, whoever he might use, that would bring discouragement or try to bring doubt or try to offend and hurt. When he says, pronounce God's victory over his life. Touch him today by your mighty power. Let your work be done and accomplished. I praise you. I thank you for it. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Strengthen my brother. Touch him today in your name, I pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Holy Spirit of God, you have guided his every step. You kept your hand on God, he walks in faith. In the name of Jesus, let him have that defiant faith, Lord, to believe you for the impossible. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord, for your work and will in his life. God, John loves you. He's faithful to you. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord. Touch his ministry. Lay your hands on my brothers and sisters. Touch them by your grace and power this morning. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We agree, God, by your grace, by your love, and we embrace your faith, God. Every need met. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Yes, Lord, by your mighty spirit, God. In Jesus. Thank you, Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I found victory in Jesus, my Savior. Sing that out today. Forever He He sought me and He brought me with His redeeming blood. Oh, He loved me, loved me ere I knew Him. To victory beneath the cleansing blood. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. Now, won't you do me a favor? Well, let's us together thank the Lord for a message that will, if we'll get down in our spirits, it'll change everything. It'll change your family. It'll change your life. It'll change your walk with God. Lord, we embrace defiant faith. We pray for faith that is diligent in seeking you. Lord, we ask you and thank you for it, knowing that it is your will and it is your purpose for our lives. We want to believe you for the impossible and for the miraculous. Lord, not only in our lives, but in our church, in our country, in our people, Lord, in the world. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. We receive it and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen, amen. Praise God, praise God. Richard? Amen. Amen. Were we fed the word of God today or what? What an incredible word from the Lord. We appreciate our pastor. As you make your way out, we do want to remind you again that there is the uh, meet and greet for those of you that have just started coming to our church would like to meet the pastor and the staff. That is actually straight across 
the lobby out here into the conference room. Straight across the lobby, you'll see two doorways, and you'll be able to go back in the conference room. Also, we want you to know about this next coming Sunday, right after the 11 o'clock service, we have a Christian school here at our church. It's called Ohio Christian Academy. They are having their open house here next week. If you have uh, somebody that you are looking for a school or somebody that you know that's in looking for a school to get get with, a Christian school. We have a wonderful Christian school, and next Sunday is their open house back in the gym at 1230, right after our service from 1230 to 230. If you want to come by, check that out. It will be a wonderful time for us to be together. And as he mentioned, the meet and greet for folks. If you've been coming for the last six months and you've not yet been able to just meet the pastors and the staff, we want to invite you, go out through the lobby, go straight across the lobby, and there's a hallway right there, just right, you'll see right where to go. Please come by, meet with us, and talk with us, and share some refreshments. God bless you.